there was a certain man of uh, Ramathaim Zophim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephrathite. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Benina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of the city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Silo. And the two sons of Eli, Ophne and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons, and her daughter's portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. And it's interesting, isn't it, that Hannah got a worthy portion. And straight off we can say, we are in that position ourselves. We have indeed received a worthy portion. We have received salvation of the Lord. We have been saved, not of our own. It's the gift of God. The Lord has been good to us. And straight off, we can rejoice even and be glad in our salvation. For the one who is worthy, he himself, the Lord, is worthy, has saved us. And in heaven today, it's, it's recorded in, in Revelation. It says, they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, to open the seals, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Here we are, gathered in today, some people from Africa, some people from Europe, some people from Americas, some people from Asia, possibly all parts of the world, from every nation. But who is worthy? He is worthy. The Lamb is worthy. He has redeemed us. And just going back to Hannah, she received the worthy portion. For he loved, her husband loved her. And the Lord loves us. The Lord gave his life for us. He shed his blood on that cross of Calvary. He loved us. God's love is like no other love. God is love himself. He's the definition of love. He fulfill, fulfills all that love can be to us. And it says the Lord had shut up her womb. I thought that was very interesting. She received a worthy portion. Her husband loved her. But, but the Lord had shut up her womb. And when we look at the big picture here, the Lord God is going to do something marvellous. The Lord God is going to do something new. The Lord is going to do something in this particular situation with this lady, Hannah, who has no children. And she feels bitterly the effects of that. And the other wife really rubs it in like salt into a wound. And there's a sense today, I feel, that the womb of today's church is shut up 
we are not really experiencing what we would like as we read in the scriptures. And I would say that barrenness prevails in the church today. And the quickening power of the Holy Spirit, that life that we have in us, we have a deposit of life in us. I feel it could be really energized so much by the quickening power of the Holy Spirit in the church. We have life in Jesus. He saved us. He's given us his life. He's given us this resurrection life as a deposit. But in many ways, it is there's a dormancy associated with it at the present time in the church. And the Holy Spirit can breathe on that and burst that life into a flame of fire that can reach our neighbours and people outside of our church realm. First of all in the church, then bursting out. And that's really what we're looking to the Lord for in these days, is it not? Revival, that bursting out flame of the Holy Spirit. The Lord had shut up her womb. And I just think it's lovely when we look at this big picture of what the Lord did with this situation. As we know, Hannah, she bore the child. The Lord answered her prayer. And the outcome of that was uh, there was a whole new era, really, that was brought in. The era of Eli ended. He was cut off. His whole household was cut off. And the Lord did a thing. He says, I will do a new thing in Israel. I will do a thing in Israel that it will tingle the ears of the people. And this whole new era that was going to be brought in was the kingdom. The kings were going to be uh, ruling in the land from then on. And when you think about it, the Lord was going to do a mighty thing, a, a wonderful thing, in ending one era and bringing in a new era of the kingdom. And the king David stands out amongst all the kings. And he was a man um, with a heart that was different. And God recognized his heart. And I just feel that when we can look at with the the advantage of having the scriptures, we can look at the end of the story. Hannah couldn't. All she was interested in was her situation at that present time. She was barren. She wanted a child badly. And she wept bitterly. She cried unto the Lord. She felt it really. And I do feel the Lord wants us really to be in that situation where we want to, because of the situation we're in, because of the barrenness that is our church situation today, the Lord wants us to weep, to call upon him, to have that just in us that we cannot go on. We cannot let it go any further. We cannot go on for another year. Anna went up to the temple with her husband every year, year by year. And she just couldn't take it anymore. And it is lovely that the Lord answered her prayer. And if we go right down there to verse, I'm going to skip a whole lot here for time, verse 18. Uh, 
The Lord answered her prayer. Eli said in verse 17, go in peace. The Lord of Israel grant thee thy petition. And she said, let thine handmaiden find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way, did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. She found that answer to the prayer, her cries. And it would be lovely, you know, in our meeting, in our gathering, if the Lord was to give that answer to prayer, if someone or all of us were to find themselves in the situation, the Lord answers his Holy Spirit. What a wonderful prayer meeting that would be. To find, yes, I have prayed, and I know I've got, my prayers have got into the hearing of the Lord in heaven, and he's answered, and he's put his stamp on it and says, yes, I will do this thing that you request. I will send revival. I will send revival to your church, to your area, to your country, to your nation. I will do it. What an answer. What an answer that would be. And I think we can look to the Lord for an answer to prayers. On verse 27, Anna says, For this child I prayed, the child was born. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. How wonderful if one of us could say, the Lord has given me my petition, which I asked of him. That would be a lovely answer, a lovely just a encouragement for us to go on to seek the Lord. Hannah was able to rejoice. She went from a situation of barrenness to rejoicing. And it would be lovely if the church today, in its barren state, was able to go from that position of barrenness, weeping, feeling the need, to rejoicing in the Lord, because the answer is has come. Hannah said, she prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord, mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies. Because I rejoice in thy thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee. Neither is it any rock like our God. And that's just the start of her prayer, her rejoicing, her exaltation. There's no God like my God. How wonderful when the Lord does send revival. When the Lord pours out his Holy Spirit upon us, we'll be able to say, There is no God like my God. My heart rejoices in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God, the immovable rock of our salvation. And Anna did not know what the Lord knew. Hannah didn't know what the Lord had in store. Hannah didn't know in her time what was going to come after when when Saul was made king, when David was made king, when that kingdom flourished under Solomon and our greater David, the Lord Jesus, was born in that town in Bethlehem of the city of David. So here we are in our situation. We can feel the need. We can feel the desperation. We can be taunted by outside influences. 
We know we need life. We know we need the Holy Spirit. We know we feel the loss. We feel the barrenness. We feel the inability of our church to to shed forth that wonderful life, to to be representatives of the Lord. That people would come up and ask us, "What is it with you Christians? Why have why are you so happy? Why have you got so much life?" So we just feel that need, and I do believe the Lord is bringing us to a place of desperation a place of a cry unto him, a place where we can weep, a place where even though we're provoked, maybe maybe every day, the Lord is in it. It's the Lord's big picture. And his big picture is to revive, to restore the church, to bring life. The Lord is all about life, not death, life. Suppose we wait on him at this time, Let us come before him with expectation and hope in his name.